It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on the new Shine FM and on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. I'm Scott. He's Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this is the session. And yes. Our desire to encourage you today yes. to kind of uh, just help you smile a little bit in your walk with God today mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about the power of play today, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun just because you and I grew up doing it. I love to play. We have a lot of things we can fall back on here. Uh-huh. But before we dive into the power of play, we dive into the power of God's Word, Tom. Out of Paul's writings in Second Timothy 4, 7, he talks about, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Well, when we talk about the good fight, we talk about that as a, an endurance race, which some people would call running some people like to run so i used to uh, me too well i ran cross country i i really liked it and then i ran for a number of years afterward until my knees said that was enough yeah yeah my hips now scream at me when i walk for 10 minutes we can make parallels there that we want our christian walk and even when we play that it can glorify the lord and there's a lot of things we could be doing that would not be glorifying him so exactly yeah all right, so we're going to talk about the power of play today. Now, when when you and I grew up, we were sent outside. I can mm. remember my mom, right. would you two just get the dishes done and go out and play? That's right. Get out of your bedroom and go outside and play all and, summer long. And if you don't come back, that's okay. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. I mean, in our neighborhood, we knew that our parents had specific yells. And when you heard a specific yell, you knew it was time for Rick to go home for lunch or for Scott to go home for lunch. Trent, Trent's dad had a whistle. Uh-huh. This whistle carried, I'm convinced, for five miles. And every time Trent's dad whistled, Trent knew. He had to hurry. He had to turn around and go home. And the problem was Trent didn't, <laughs> which got Trent in a lot of trouble. Uh-huh. But we went out and played in the woods. Okay. My mom didn't know where we were most of the time. Interesting. Yeah. And we just knew when we got hungry, we went home for lunch. Mom said, oh, you're home for lunch. Yeah. We had lunch. She said, get back outside. We went back outside. I built models in my garage, you uh-huh. know, model airplanes and stuff. Okay. If it was raining. Uh-huh. I didn't sit in my room and play with toys. Yeah. Unless I was sent to my room and grounded. Which I, I often try to teach parents about that very thing. When they're five and six years old and four years old, where do you send them? Their room. Eight or nine, where, where do you send them? Their room. By the time they're a teenager, where can you not get them out of? That room. They have been conditioned to see that that's like a safe haven for them. So subtly for their birthday, they want to have some kind of game that they can have in their bedroom. So it's like, yeah, go ahead and send me to my bedroom. This is great. 
I remember when it was a big deal if you got a TV in your room. Oh, yeah. And then if you got cable in Uh, your room, which was a real big red flag back then when cable first came out. All right, so the power of play, there there is something to be said for having your children play. Right. And we're going to dive into this. Uh, First of all, you know, research shows that play can do several things, Tom. Well, and Scott, for one, it improves your ability to plan. Some of them's going to take leadership and they're going to plan a game. And it was interesting, as I watched our own children, our oldest would always design these games and he would plan them so that he would be the winner. Of course. (laughs) You couldn't have Mandy beat him. That's right. So finally, one time we were on vacation somewhere in a cabin and we were playing games. And we said to Mandy, okay, you get to design this game. This is Mandy's game. And what's really neat about it, as we go through this game, Mandy, you can make up your own rules as we go. And you just make sure you win. Well, oh, that. (laughs) She loved it. I'll bet she did. She wanted to play that game all the time. See, now that's called grammar rules. Grammar? Yeah, grammar rules. When you play cards, there are grammar rules. Okay. Like when you're playing phase 10, usually the rules of the game are everybody goes. Phase 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Grammar rules... If you've got phase five and everybody else is on phase one, that's okay. <laughs> you can play. That's right. Grammar rules are out there. So what else does research show that play can help with kids? Well, it helps children's ability to organize. And so whether it's we're going to play a game of hoops, basketball at, at this time, we're going to play at this house, it helps them organize what kind of game, what, when, who's going to be involved in it. So it's like early signs of leadership, I think, is a safe thing to say. And nothing wrong with being able to plan things out. And, you know, Rick and I used to plan out, uh, our, we'd plan to build a treehouse okay. in the woods. Uh-huh. Well, we had to plan for how much wood are we going to need. Wow. And we had to figure out how much wood we could get away with taking out of our dad's garages before we get in trouble. <laughs> with Dad, I need a hammer. Dad, I need nails. Oh, yeah. What are you guys doing? We're building a treehouse. How high? Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's there's still the remnants of one I saw when I finally went back to the woods. There's the remnants of one from when we were like ten years old. Uh huh. There's still a couple of boards up there. Interesting. About ten feet off the ground. Uh, <laughs> well, and it, and wonder if it would still be structurally. Oh, uh, I doubt it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed any of it's still there. Okay, so what else? So it also helps children's ability to get along. They have to get along. Problem solving. That's right. And, and you know, my brother being 22 months older than me, I really wanted to hang out with him and his friends. Well, that didn't work out very well. Oh, no. No. It probably set me back. But typically, if you're age appropriate, it, it has possibilities of, of helping socially. And, and as an example, um, back then, I've often said I was about as wide as a pencil. I don't know, maybe the pencil was whiter. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and we would be playing, like, we would play basketball in the in the driveway. And they they just would throw me, like, off the court. I mean, literally, it just grabbed me and moved me out of the way because they wanted to get the rebound. <laughs> well, I'd end up in these needle kind of evergreen shrubs. Yeah. I got the point. And more than I wanted to get the point. <laughs> you got the point in many ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so it also puts you in, in a different group. Let me explain what I mean. If you choose soccer for your child, 
or your child wants to play soccer, they're going to be in a group of soccer playing to develop friends there. If they're on swim team, they're going to develop friends associated with the swim team. And likewise, if it were golf, <laughs> the same thing is true. So it kind of puts them into a group that they may eventually continue throughout school having friends. Could be their peers. Yeah. Yeah, I think also there's there, there's another one here. That's why I've encouraged parents, if they're moving into the area or they, they, they have a uh, one of their children or about to start school, if they can develop friends before they, the school doors open, then when the school doors open, they have some friends that they can connect with. It'll just make the transition easier. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea for it. So we're talking about the power of play for our kids today on this session. And now let's connect these dots, Tom. All right. Play with academic success. All right. Put this together for me here. All right. Yeah. Let's take math as probably the easiest example. Some people who are experiential and even kinesthetic, manipulating objects can help them understand addition. It can help them understand subtraction. So they're actually playing and you can come up with games with it. This is an example, the multiplication tables, to have a contest. Now, as a parent, you're not necessarily wanting to win this contest, but it makes it fun that let's, let's see who can give the right answer the fastest. And so mom says to dad and, and the son, four times five. How about six times seven? And you know, boom, 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 they start answering it. And they say, who, who can win? And so it's kind of like a game, and it becomes fun. When you first said math, and I thought, well, when we built the treehouse, we had to have a tape measure. Uh-huh. We had to figure out how many boards we needed four feet long. How many did we need three feet long? How many did we need for the steps up the tree, and how many did we need? Now, why did they need to be? That's true. And so then you also get an understanding of the numbers where there's a whole number four and then those acute little black marks that follow. That's exactly right. What do those stand for? Yeah. You know, and and so you, there's an opportunity when you're measuring it to understand how we break a, an inch down into halves and quarters and made fractions a lot easier when we got to it in math because i was already doing four and a half yeah yeah well and how about making fun cooking now i understand that's possible (laughs) (laughs) well yeah fun it's always fun cooking you know as long as you don't blow anything up true but the, the measurements there what if you were to write your own recipe and now we're involving language arts yeah that's very true See, that's why I've always wondered. I, I know there was a pure a- financial aspect to it, an insurance aspect right. to it. I've always felt like home ec should have continued to be taught in school. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can remember home ec being a, you know, the guys didn't want to take it, but I had a couple of fr- guy friends that did take home ec. And I kind of sometimes wish I did. I did. Uh, my senior year at, at Lexington, I took home ec. It was really great. We had a great arrangement and deal with the the girls in our class they would cook and we would eat what they cooked (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and then also um there's another one there scott when we talk about the social skills what i'm really impressed with is in golf (laughs) the pga has what's called the first tee and the first tee is about going into inner city. It's about children who cannot afford to develop golf. But golf is a platform where they teach a lot of important social skills. They, they teach character skills. 
uh, be honest and, and polite and uh, respectful and, and like there's 10 core key areas that the first T teaches. And I think this is a wonderful idea because children who would have ended up on the streets end up with a chance at life that's so much better with school and that gives an opportunity where I think it's really a great organization. You know, golf is one of those things that if there's an organization that teaches integrity or a sport that teaches integrity, it's golf. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because you're really making your own calls out on the course. Oh, I moved that ball I wasn't supposed to. Um, I did this. Yeah. You know, we've seen guys lose tournaments because they raised their hand and said there was a problem here. Well, and the social skills that are also associated with golf is interesting because, as an example, this past Sunday, the Travelers Golf Tournament, the PGA Tournament, went into extra holes. Yes. Eight extra holes. I'm pretty sure they, they set a record. But what was really interesting, throughout those eight holes, the two guys in the playoffs would be given thumbs up and high fives to each other and congratulating them on great shots and, and actually caring each one of them. Probably, if you counted the number of chances you thought that this was the tournament was going to end, hole four or three or six, they missed some putts. There was one that was from six feet that everybody just thought, yeah, this is it. This is it's going to be over. He missed it by like an inch and a half to the right. And they're caring about each other. Which means they were Friend, celebrating, celebrating success. success. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do find that interesting. You'll see, even if they don't high five, you'll see a nice putt. Yeah. Good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see them talking to each other that way, too. And that's, you know, in a competitive setting, that's really pretty cool. Yeah. Right, one next thing to talk to you about this, Tom, how play helps with stress. Yeah. How does it do that? Well, you end up by exercising, which playing, if it's, you're up and doing, you're actually going to be getting rid of some of the stress in the body. The body's going to release uh, adrenaline. It's going to release cortisol which is uh, one way to look at it. It's kind of like an upper, but it it's just a great release of tension is a really good way to put it. Unless your little sister's following you around everywhere. <laughs> that creates more tension. Your, your brother understands that because little brother <laughs> was following him around. All right, so the power of play on the session today. And let's kind of look at the flip side of this coin here. Reasons the kids are not playing as much. And Scott, this is really concerning. Tightly structured family and school schedules that don't permit it. I want to be careful how this comes out. It's, it's really, particularly in high school, teachers believe that they're the only class, the only thing that their student has to do is their homework and their projects. And they can easily lose sight of the fact that that student has five or six other classes who teachers believe the same thing, that they only have to worry about me, our class. I don't care about the others. And it's like they get inundated with work. So now we've got a very motivated coach that is determined that their whatever sport it is, they're gonna their team is gonna be good at. So they're gonna have a two and a half hour practice. They're gonna have a two hour practice that's gonna start at four thirty. And by the time they get home and they have dinner and then they have four hours of homework, you know, this they're not gonna be doing anything other than then if they're playing, it's the sport and it's practice. This is not schedule-wise. Right. I know that's part of what gets me. 
right is schedule mm-hmm. you know i'm watching these kids some of these kids are getting here well before school and they're here for two hours after sometimes they then have a sporting event or they have play practice then they've got to go do homework and we're saying oh you need to go out and play too yeah oh good luck with that somewhere yeah. and which to me goes back to the importance of physical education in school to get the kids up and running around that sounds a whole lot better than sitting behind a screen unless we're talking about some kind of computer school thing right right, right. computers in school definitely important now now another point that this makes here about why kids are not playing as much is that more parents are working outside the home now my mom was home right so she could say scott and lorraine get outside yeah, my mom could only stand being home with my brother and I for so long, and then she got a job. <laughs> <laughs> my mom refi- and my wife did the same thing. We d- uh, we chose yeah for Sherry to stay home while Aaron was little, and then when Aaron could take care of herself, right? Uh-huh. Sherry went out and got a job. And, and so many times I've heard this at Heritage, someone will say, "Well, I didn't get to play sports when my parents worked." And they weren't. There was nobody to take me. We lived four and a half miles out into the country, mm-hmm. or my parents didn't think it was important, so they they didn't. Just plain didn't. How about the the working mother who's a, a single parent? Yeah, the single parent's the one I think about a lot. Yeah, that's where I honestly believe our church should step up the the church community to help out. Make the church fan available. Take them to practice. My, my football coach picked me up. He lived on the same road. He drove right by my house. Coach Wilson pulled up, and I jumped in the car. We went off to practice. Wow. You know, that kind of thing. And, you know, my mom always made him a loaf of banana bread every Christmas to say thank you. Oh, <laughs> it's but, well, she, makes me hungry just thinking about it. I know. Well, she makes good. really good banana bread. Mm. All right, so here's another one that really applies to today's society, though. There are fewer safe places to play now. Than there yeah. were. We couldn't send our kids out to just, oh, go play in the woods. Right. We couldn't do that today. It's too scary. Yeah. I remember that we used to play baseball in a corner lot, like three doors down from our house that was vacant. Well, now, I, I, I'm not so sure that even that would happen out in the middle of the the open like that because of you know people driving by it would potentially try to steal or kidnap a, a child. Yeah. I'm not sure I would want want mine doing that. So it's a different world, and and I'm sure that's been said for centuries. Right. But it is an ongoing, changing world. I I just don't think it's as safe to do it. Now the next one here, (laughs) the rising use of media, and the last note here, preschoolers watching four and a half hours of TV a day, and we wonder why they're not playing. That's true. And so what's that pattern setting in their life as a preschooler? cookies yeah and i get to sit in in, in you know screens are my life for me you know i i've grown up on watching and playing games so what do, how do we expect them all of a sudden when they're old enough to really get dig in deep and they're they're really liking these games on on screens and we go okay no more screens you watch too much go outside and play well right. how do you do that right well yeah and, and play what <laughs> yeah the days yeah. of the days of kick the can are gone true <laughs> i you know in in how many minivans out there have a video screen on the back of the front seats yes please don't hear that i disagree with that but again we really have to monitor how much i think they babysit the kids pretty well in the back seat i kind of wish we had them. <laughs> <laughs> they are helpful and they are a tool yeah. that we can use but there are also games you can play in the car 
That's true. I mean, they make travel games. Uh-huh. You know, there are games you can buy that are small, that are travel-worthy for the back seat. You can play games, I mean, the ABC game of billboards uh-huh. and license plates. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. You know, we, we do that still driving to Florida. We used to have, on our trips, the, the children all got a roll of nickels. And every time they said, are we there yet? They had to give us a nickel. <laughs> and they got to keep what nickels were left. Oh, my. That's funny. All right. So recommendations, Tom, as we kind of start to put a bow on this. Well, yes. The pediatricians advise parents, Scott, to look for quality care in preschool and programs that, that include play as an approach to learning. You know, you go back so many years... The question was, should they go to preschool or should they go to childcare, daycare? Because there was so much concern about how did that socialize your child? Well, the alternative right now, that where they're actually ha- getting a chance to interact with other children is, is such a powerful thing compared to sitting at home playing some video game on a screen. I, w- I would say th- that has to help them develop social skills and it's important from birth on this is not something to start when they're six that's true it will facilitate healthy growth in all stages of development and we lose sight of that so there's my rationale for golf today (laughs) (laughs) well it was my rationale for why i enjoyed running Uh i ran as a kid Uh everybody else in the neighborhood had a bicycle i didn't i had to outrun them uh, to and, get to where we were going. And, and I learned the art of being able to run through a course, which was running through the neighbor's yards to get the Heinrich's house before Bill did. There you go. And it worked, huh? Yes. And you were that quick? Sometimes. 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 Interesting. Yeah. You it, had to, it's, it's, an art score, it's an art form to learn how to fall off a bike and not break your leg. And in our neighborhood, you had to learn that. So you yeah. intentionally would slide on stones. Oh, so you, your bike would go one way and you'd go the other? Well, or? you'd go with it. You just had to learn how to go with it. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You learn how to ride a bike by being on Rick's Hill out in front of his house, and you got on your bike, and they held you up, and then you were let go, uh, and you just went down Rick's Hill. Oh, my gosh. And if you were still upright at the bottom, you went through the ditch up onto the road, and you you went ahead and pedaled. If you oh. didn't, you walked your bike back up the hill and did it again. <laughs> Did they ever show you where the brakes were on this thing? Uh, you learned that pretty quick. <laughs> yes, you learned funny. that that pretty quick. So yeah. play is an important thing, and one important reminder I know you want to give, Tom. Well, in, in giving your child plenty of opportunities to play is one of the best ways to help them grow into curious, creative, healthy, and happy adults equipped with the skills they need today. Next time your child asks to play with you, jump at the opportunity. Share the joy of discovery as you connect with each other. All right. So, Tom, we're talking to families today where there are working parents and they're looking at the radio and saying, yeah, I really want my kid to do that more. But, you know, we both work. I'm not home. to Go out and play with them and go out and get in the sandbox or show them how to climb a tree. And there are some families that are saying, I really want to. We need to start over. But my kids are eight. Can you help me kind of get that started again? Right help me refocus how could they get a hold of you to start a conversation and maybe helping their family return to play right well scott you can find us at heritage christian counseling ministries.com and if you came in in the middle what in the world are you all talking about with this play thing well go back you can listen to the whole show and other archive of other shows on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com 